yeah, these are distinctions that I think we're, we're still in the very early phases of kind of parsing out and contemplating. But uh, mm-hmm. my sense as of now is that it's all the Trojan horse for the same kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's my suspicion too, right? Oh. And, and it's like, um, you know, basically the idea, if you kind of bring it to the higher levels, they want inside the body for economic mm-hmm. purposes. It's econo- I bring it back to economic, and this might be where Graeber, I don't know Graeber's work too well, but I know he's basically know pro worker and pro he sees things Mm. through like the lens of exploitation of labor he's an anarchist and i think this is about like exploiting it's for capital it's like this is doug we talk about capitalism destroying the earth well if once it's done with that and where else do you go to get markets new markets and the inside the body is like infinite markets all of those transactions in the body so i think it's capital looking for profiteering well, this is this is Corey Morningstar's point, right? It's just it's just imperialism extended, right? Like an imperialism yeah. to the point where it's not nations no. and and colonies that you're setting up, but the it's imperialism the of life itself, yeah. life and the mind and everything, the mind, you know, the, it's body, like a, the body, yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah, exactly. And the spirit and the spirit. This is the metaverse, right? Yeah. Like this is the monopoly of the spirit, basically. Um, so this this is the thing that that I don't know scares me about myself. You know, it's like or, or, or what I'm contributing to the metaverse in in a sense. You know, it's like by spinning all of these ideas together, which we're doing right now. Right, we're we're helping the myth to congeal. You know, in a sense. You know, like I'm I'm I was looking at the trailer for the new um, Lord of the Rings series that they're going to put on Amazon Prime. Um, uh-huh. And there's some controversy with that too, with, uh, with, Going with back different, to the, yeah. different actors and stuff, right? But but uh, it's like they are what they're doing is taking Tolkien's whole mythology, like his his legendarium, right, and incorporating it into the metaverse, right? That Middle Earth is going to be embedded in the in the metaverse, but it's not it's not Tolkien's Middle Earth. It's something like it's it's been appropriated and changed. Um, colonized you know and this is it, it's it's like ready player one you know it's like that this is this is the uh well disney plus and the whole yeah, marvel yeah, universe ex- and ex- star wars exactly, and everything right? just is now i mean it's so the the alternative to that is is what as she was talking about before is like uh no copyright you know it's like uh um where everything can get meshed together you know um, and the, and nobody can nobody can harness it. Nobody can put corral it and make money off of it. You know, the enclosing of the commons. Um, That's why, like Musk taking over Twitter. I mean, it's part of what that I'm that I was excited about is that he says we're going to open source the algorithm and make it transparent. One, and then two. Um, yeah, I just like that. I think it, sh- and then like Jack Dorsey is saying, it should be a protocol, not even an owned by anybody. This should just be a like the collective commons. Well, that's what drives me nuts is that, and I think it just it's finally hit me. But like, Facebook started out, my thought was it's a public space, right? And I have a wall, and you have a wall, and I can link to your wall, and you can link to my wall, right? You can look at my stuff. I can look at your stuff. I can make some stuff private, um, but it's not. It's a television station. They're programming ads, right. like 
it's 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 not a public space it's not it's not the water service it's 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 cable yeah yeah exactly and Mm. they're tweaking everything to to keep me scrolling so that they can keep advertising and so it just becomes more it's like the longer i'm on facebook it seems the further it gets from the idea of the public square i've noticed in the last year twitter's become a lot more advertising mm-hmm. and then also i'm seeing like it's giving the algorithm is telling me or like pointing me at things because it thinks that i it knows what i am interested in based on what i've liked before and so there's I've cultivated this whole crew of different things that I'm interested in, you know, interested in people like I'm interested in them and their opinions. But Twitter thinks now it knows better. You know, it, it wants to sell me stuff, of course. I pay for Twitter blue. It's like two bucks a month. And um, yeah, it's a better experience, you know, and, and, and you can kind of take out the ads and, but you're going to have to pay. It's like with a, with Bitcoin and and uh, this goes back to some of the conversations maybe that we were pinning at the beginning. But you know, one of the big cr- critiques of Bitcoin is the environmental in- impact in terms of the energy that's being used, and that's the kind of cost of life. That's mm-hmm. what the Bitcoiners they come back with, and they say, "Listen, anything, everything is energy." That's what that's actually a, a pro for Bitcoin is that it. It means the energy now gets thought about in a completely different way where we see the whole realm as energy and we use it efficiently. It will be a race to the bottom for efficiency. Whereas in our current system, all of this energy use can be done and there's no costs that are, the costs are actually um, externalities on poor people and on marginalized people with no power. Rich people get to use the energy, poor people suffer. With Bitcoin, no one... Um, escapes the cost of energy. Everybody has to pay it, no matter who you are or what you're doing. And so it's this, it's this kind of pure egalitarianism. Now that's what's called proof of work, um, a way is to secure the blockchain, so to secure, to secure the ledger that is the blockchain. There's the other side, they're saying, and this is what the World Economic Forum came out this week and says, listen, do proof of stake. That's what Ethereum is now changing to. And what that means is that whoever owns the most can makes the rules. It's not mm. decentralized anymore. And so there's these trade-offs. It's like, do you want to have something that uses less? The energy use is the decentralization because it's an acknowledgement that we all are basically powerful, you know, um, you know, exerters of energy. Every breath, we're electric pulses, right? Every human being is giving off, is exhaling CO2 effectively. And so, you know, it's a complicated thing, but I think this is, this is one of the promises of it, um, of having the, the commons. And I just bring it back to Twitter. Like if we can have a commons where there's a protocol that is open source, there is a cost to maintain that protocol, whether that's paying for Twitter blue or, or you so, know. Like if I play the devil's advocate to that. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Um, there is a, a literal public space and we have protocols like you're in a theater you don't scream fire right 
like that's a protocol that's just built into us or like you talking about like um getting canceled like there's certain things you just don't do in public like if you're disruptive for other people and they can't enjoy the thing that everyone's there for then you have to be removed you know like you can't just um you can't do comedy at a comedy show that everyone paid for to see somebody else do comedy like no one wants to hear you heckle the the comedian um but digital the digital realm created this level of anonymity and people we haven't figured that out yet where how can you be civil in a digital realm you know what i mean like And so like, how do you, if you just take away all the the guardrails, then, you you know, then you have, do you have a swamp at that point? Or do you, does it work itself out eventually? Well, I think I just, just to come, I agree with all that. I, I think the issue is not allowing people to construct their own guardrails. It should be opt in and, and completely available to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The issue, it's like the early internet. Anybody could get on it. There was no, you weren't taken off. I could have my neo-Nazi website, which I didn't have one just to be clear, but, and you weren't forced to go to it, uh, but you also couldn't take me down, right? And so that's what I think Twitter needs to to have is, 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 is uh, or, you know, Twitter, let's just go with it because that's like, the example. I, the, I the issue is they're taking you. people down, Doug. The issue is they're taking people down. It's not that... The guardrails shouldn't be. No one's saying like you don't get to make the guardrails, like banning, muting. But if it so, like that's what's interesting is like at what point does some of this stuff become just propaganda? And so it doesn't matter what political spectrum it's coming from if you weaponize the talking points, you can control the populace. So let me just rephrase what basically what you're saying. And I so and this like is, who, 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 it doesn't matter who makes the big lie, whoever's loudest gets to write it as history. I just, I just want to kind of come back. Cause I think, I think what you're getting at is this someone who's a good at the social media platforms and you see this in business. If you're good at the skills that it takes to be good on social media, you, that is in and of itself um, uh, valuable. So you can sell products that suck, but if you can sell them, you're going to make the money. And I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at, which is like, there might be a problem itself with allowing people a tool that if they get good at it, they can sell shit on a stick. No, I'm saying like, if, okay, go ahead. if <laughs> you've got a whole group of people that disagree with you yeah. and, and then they, um, come to your house with signs and, and do death threats at you, like, <laughs> like uh, i don't know I'm that's an just, offline uh, problem though though because that you have rules to prevent that that's where police come in and, you know and that's the thing is that we have the uh, i'm still have, hoping for the anarchist miracle we didn't we got no police <laughs> i'm just there's like there's like hopefully preventatives in the real world to stop you know is it, this is what i say the about people you. that are going to the house think that they're right well, then they can they can think that, and they can stand do but, things legally. They can stand yeah. with the sign and say, "I protest you. I think you're right." That's all legal. 
you know, and, and it's like January 6th. I talked to some of my friends and they're like, but January 6th, like that means anything. It's like, it, it, according <laughs> to me, it's like, yeah, people were protesting. That's, that's legal. What there was things with that happened. a hammer and then beating police with sticks. Well, well hold on. So hold on. This is, is that my political point. speech? But this is what I'm saying back to them. Doug is just that like, that was a problem that wasn't social media. That was a problem of protecting the capital, like that's but, an offline but, right, problem. But so now. that's so it, it, it was yeah. an online problem because you had one person with the really loud voice that said, this is the truth. And these people said, yes, I believe your truth. Your but, truth but, is the correct truth. And we need to do whatever it takes to get everyone to know that that truth really is true. I, and I mm. think we should keep allowing that because that to, to disallow one, even one person from being able to do that, it, the whole system then breaks down, the whole democratic system breaks down. And then you focus on offline solutions to the real world impacts of someone being able to do that. Does that make sense? Like, but, but what, what if that how, how person would, how is a fascist you, dictator? How right? would you prevent like, that though, Doug? Like, how would you... How would you prevent that from happening? Like it, it, that, the uh, the person with the the loudest voice gets the most influence. Like how how would you prevent that from I happening? Know. I don't know. Like that's it's a huge question though, because to to be able to prevent that from happening, you need you need to set up an authority, yes. right? You need to uh, like the Ministry of Truth, which is coming out. You know, it's like, uh, um, and then. Yeah, it's, it's, who who's in this ministry? Who gets to decide? You know, it, it just so so. This the is alternative a to that. The alternative to that is is yeah. It's just yeah. Um, have faith in the anarchist miracle. Have faith in the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, well, um, let's get your passport together and figure out where to go. Well, just I want to come back to Jane because this is it's all here. It's all here. But I mean. There is an authority. Let's not pretend that someone doesn't have the loudest voice now. Someone's right. always going to have, there's going to be multiple people with really loud voices, but um, it's not like it's either, and let's just say his name, let's say his name, you know, <laughs> oh no, but, uh, you know, Trump, the big T, you know, he, yeah. Um, and by the way, I, I got into this recently because my friend was, we were having the same conversation. And I, so I was looking about Twitter. And so I was looking into the claims that Trump, did the incitement for January 6th in particular. It was actually a speech. It wasn't on Twitter. It was a speech he made the same day, which is what right. the legal experts point to as the inciting speech. Um, and so that's interesting because it was an offline incitement um, that I'm sure, yeah, people were re retweeting it and quoting it and things. But just to come all back. He, all, he, all he said is that the, the people should march to the Capitol, right? Like he said, fight. We should fight for this and march to the Capitol, but do it peacefully. And there's, there's right, a question right. of dog whistles and plausible deniability and reading between the lines and all of that. There, and just to be clear about January 6th, there's also factual questions about where they were let in, some of them. They were being given tours mm -hmm. by Capitol Police. I mean, so, but let's set all this aside because that's kind of like, you know, that's a hot button thing. I'm, we can come back to it quickly, but just the point I want to make is like, we have the loudest voice and that is in the current system and has been before Big T was the so-called establishment media, mainstream media owned the outlets, they owned the, the, they owned the authority, the pretense of authority, and they propagated information as true that was beneficial for the oligarchs and the colonialism and the militarism, right? That has the biggest voice. 
And so when I, and that now currently does with Biden and, and, and the internet is, but, you know, but to you sit on system saying, just Doug, goes on. Now you got Zuckerberg, you got Bezos, you've got Gates there. It's all the same. It's a new cast of characters, but it's, it's power protects power. But so the interesting so, thing to me Musk is the fissure. Is, is the newest guy on the, on the block. Hooray. For sure. For sure. I just, I'm interested in a fissure of, so that anybody who claims to have that authority, whether it's Big T or Musk or Zuck or anybody, the protocol itself is one that produces fissures constantly. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so it's, there's no way to really gain that authority very, very long because you'll just have this anarchist information flow of challenging fissures and remixing and copying and memes <laughs> and making fun and all of this and like WikiLeaks. Re- and then, then, then on the, uh, the the bigger economic level, it, it's, it's the contradictions of capitalism, right? Like it's like, a, um, and th- this is what people get into with the the Ukraine and Russia thing too. Is 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 Russian? Is Putin? Um, are they genuinely opposed to the World Economic Forum, or 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 are they advocating a new a, a new system entirely, a fair a fair new order? You know, like a fair world order. You know, it's like a um, I, th- I think it's a similar thing. It's like, do, do they actually represent something new and unique and different? Or is it just, it, it's just another facet of the same thing, you know? Um, yeah, I just quickly, I just want to say, to go back to this uh, one last little point was Doug. I think that world of the fissures, even if we risk having a momentary kind of bully pulpit, someone takes it over and there is some real world consequences, I'm more interested in keeping the platform um, open such that you can have these challenges and you can have moments of collective insanity. And then you focus on off-world preventative measures to prevent, for in this case, why weren't the, why did they let the protest, you know, you could have had better policing around the Capitol, kind of like Trump did during the BLM protesters. They made it a fortress and they didn't get in. So it's just trade-offs, but that's just my point here is that we want, I want to have this free flow of information and focus on other mitigation tool sets that isn't burning. Um, and, and it just will have to deal with the consequences, but go ahead, go ahead. So go ahead. I just, that was my final point there. That was what I was trying to say is that there's these but trade-offs. They, they, the people that you're trying to protect are the ones burning the books. Well, no, so that's, but that's, so it's, it's strange. So you're, 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 yeah, that's the weird contradiction is that the, the ones that are removing books from schools and libraries are the ones complaining that their speech is being stifled at the, at, at the moment, you know, at the moment, but uh, the fact that their speech can get stifled means that all of our speech can get stifled. And, and, and people on the left and the right all across the spectrum are, are getting shut out of Twitter and other, yeah. other uh, venues, you know, journalists so across the spectrum. The, for sure. the interesting part of the argument is that we're still thinking of this as a public space and it's a business. And so, like maybe that's the problem like and that's what jack has said they're taking it private the first step is to stop making it publicly owned and stop making it corporate owned is what jack has said and when they say protocol level i mean eventually they want to make twitter like not owned by anybody and just a technology and and this is and this is where it's protected and it's open source 
And this is my thing, Doug. I'm interested in the principle of no book burning. So you fight it wherever it emerges. You fight them on the beaches. You fight them. You know, if it's like this, people are going to book burn, then I'm against them here. And then I'm against them. Like it's it's a principle-based protocol level. Well, so it, it's a fun experiment because I don't have any any skin in this game. Like I'm starting to, like Twitter's the one social media that I still spent the most time with. But like if if Elon Musk comes and removes all the protocols and says it's 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 open, you know, then and it blows up like I don't care, like it would be sad, but I'll find other networks. I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting if that happens. I don't I don't know. But I don't know how much a I lot trust of him, people's though, lives yeah. is the thing. Like there's that's a lot of people and it, it, I'm not I, saying that it's my I life. Mean, it's, it's my business, but I just. I want to come back. There's a lot of threats here. Let's just kind of note them. The Russia thing, the, that that whole conversation about it. But there's this idea I want to ask you here, Doug, quickly. Sorry, Zor. What's your fear? What would it take? What would it, in your mind, Doug, when you think you may have to leave, what would Twitter look like that would push you over the edge? Because I haven't understood that yet. People are saying I'm going to leave. Like, I don't understand what they think is going to happen. If it no longer serves me, like, like... And how would the free speech, like things like, I don't are you know worried you might, see, you might, right you might see harassment? Like, that's the thing. No, I'm just saying, I don't know how it, it's not free speech now. Yeah. But how, how do you envision it wouldn't serve you? So like, if, if I go to Facebook and right now, like I, and I see 15 ads and I don't see anything that has any value for me. Right. So okay. Like we're the product on both these platforms. Sure. Like, we're the product. They're, they're data mining us to figure out how to sell that to advertisers. And, and to build the AI. Let's not forget that. Build the AI is a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. The global yeah. brain and the value of that is. Right. Yeah. We don't have to go there, but that's, that's great. <laughs> but that's what Musk said. I mean, that's what people are theorizing. They're like, he's not buying it for the ads. That's old. That's the old model. The data there is like gold. No, no so yeah. right, right, this right, is right. like buying the Washington Post. Twitter is the New York Times. That's why he's buying it. He's, con he's an oligarch and he's yeah. controlling one of the major arteries yeah. of information in our society at this point in time. I completely agree with that. I, me too. I, but I think that's just one part of that's it. That's one part of it. One yeah. big part of it. There's this other part that's just, it's really important too, but yeah. Yeah. This thing, uh, this thing I said about Neuralink, like that's, that's obviously what he's got in the back of his mind about all of this, right? Is, is, uh, is combining the AI with the human collective yeah. will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, do we trust him on that though that's the that's the whole thing i don't i don't, I don't, I don't. think he, he can be trusted you yeah. know it's like um so so yeah what happens what happens at this point if it, like he's he's obvious he's obviously uh he's not even disguising because i think he genuinely does think that twitter should be uh open like in in the sense of it uh, free communication for for the world, right? It's like a, yeah. um, the 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 cent, the the village square, the Hamlet Square. You know, it's like that. That's what he envisions um, Twitter as being. Yes. You know? yep. But at the same time, he's got this bigger. It's thing so, like, going is this on, everything? You know, like a, when we say limiting, so it's a private space. It's a business. 
if you have a restaurant and you don't like a customer, you can, you can kick them out of your restaurant, right? Yeah. But I think, I mean, there, there are rules in our society. You can't, can't kick someone out because of um, like, uh, national origin, certain, there's protected sure. classes in the country. Right. Yeah. And, and so like, if you decided to kick them out because of a protected class, then, you know, you could get sued and you'd have to, yeah, whatever. But like, I don't know that political discourse is a protected class, right? Does this have everything to do with Trump or not? No, but, but this is the thing. It's just a private company. This is where I think people get confused. Like we all know it's a public company. They can do anything they want, but there's something about embodying the value of anti-censorship. That's not a gut. That has nothing to do with the government. But it doesn't is, have to. Is it, it censoring to. Trump to say, we don't like what you have to say. It's not benefiting anyone. You're off our platform. It would be a it would be a definition because, of censorship. Yes. Well, so like, yeah. but it's not censorship if he's. <laughs> it's a definition. So that's it. of it. It's a so definition like, of no, it. It's censoring so him for a reason. If we believe in democracy, we had a process, and he says, "No, I don't believe the process." Here's how it it, it was. It's um, it broke down this process. It would be censoring someone who's challenging the election results. You would censor people that, I mean, just to use the verb accurately, that's, that would be, yes, it's, it's choosing to censor things that you think it would be beneficial to censor. And Musk's whole point, and this is what he's trying to bring Twitter is like, the product is not at a restaurant, you're coming to eat dinner. That's the purpose for being there. That's the product, comfortably eat dinner. Things that interfere with that, then they get removed. What Musk is saying is that the product here is the public square. That's the central product. But it's not a public square. But so that's like, what he wants to make it. That's what he's saying. We're going to make this the public so, square. Okay. And, and so because we that this is what um, a lot of people do think about it as that, by the way. But he's saying the product here is the public square. So we're going to protect that product by stopping the censorship so that this is really a public square. And... I like that. I just do think you need to have the rails and people should be able to mute and ban. And so it would be a world where like, Doug, if your value was I'm, you show up to the public square and there's at this corner, someone is ranting about shit you don't like, you just go to the next corner. You go over here to people where they're talking about stuff you do like. And that's what I but hope. So they, they would retain. have to. So like, if I, if I don't follow the Nazis, then I wouldn't see the Nazis yeah. if it really was a public square. I just wouldn't yeah. be going to Nazi square. Yes. But the way these things, I mean, like definitely uh, negativity thrives on social media and they, th these are built to maintain our eyeballs and stuff. And so you spiral down they're going to feed you things. They do feed me things. Right. So that's the whole, yeah. I mean, that's where I think the conversation is most interesting is not banning people we, that shouldn't happen unless it's like, you know, these cases where it's legal, but it's how do you curate the experience to protect people from, from things they don't want to see. So you make that experience a productive 
um, uh, time spent in the public square. And this is where I kind of do agree with like, I don't want, I don't want to log into Twitter and see like in bombs, like racial slurs all over my timeline. I just don't want to see that. And, and I think that they're going to do it. I hope they have like some solutions to where you can curate or remove or, or, you know, and, and so anyhow, I'm just, I'm just trying to get clear about like where we're at and what the issues are without even like, like, so we're all on the kind of the same page that, that, uh, you know, with some of these major issues and, and just to come back, like to the idea of the Russia war, I think it's a great example. Cause like there's different narratives out there around it. Like there's one side um, and it comes from all sides. Some of it's clearly so-called Russian propaganda, but others are just like anti-war leftists that also have been banned on Twitter through the years and yep. this new this new Ministry of Information, she went after a website called The Gray Zone. These oh, are yeah. journalists. They're smart journalists, and they basically are like Chomsky esque on foreign policy, like American imperialism and anti war. And and Max, so Max is one of the best voices out there. Isn't Max Blumenthal is amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I love Max. So when you like, where does that fit in? Like, should the public square allow people that are clearly speaking? ideas that are con directly contra to the official government policy on for something like a war. And I think that they should be allowed. I just personally believe those voices should not be banned. You don't have to read them, but I want to be able to go to the gray zones, Twitter feed and like, see, okay, yeah, they're going to, they just had an, an expose on Zelensky. It's very damning. I mean, it's from Ukrainian professors that were writing about why Zelensky is basically a, puppet authoritarian he's a pinochet the new pinochet is what they're mm -hmm. calling him mm -hmm. and they've got the evidence they've got the receipts and like whether it's true or not i don't know i'm not studying that too deeply but i'm glad someone can inject that into the conversation and that's not going to be eliminated from twitter and because of so-called misinformation you know and so um but you know is there a misinformation problem <laughs> Uh, um, are you talking misinformation or disinformation, right? Like misinformation is just people making mistakes. Sure. Disinformation that, right? is intention, yeah. right? Yeah. You're yeah. Intentionally trying to. Yeah. Misinform. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that there's a, everything is, you know, a certain way, mis or disinformation. I mean, I, I do think that and I go back to that kind of extreme way to view, like a totalizing view, but literally everything is going to shade truth, everything. And so again, I think even the concept of mis or disinformation to me breaks down on under like even some basic scrutiny. Uh, personally, so I, I don't know does. anything about the gray zone. And so they were banned from Twitter because they weren't banned. No, they they weren't banned from Twitter, but the news are that is going to head the Biden Ministry of Truth has come out and said the gray zone is a disinformation, misinformation, and these are the types of people that we need to have a Ministry of Truth. Who is to the count. Minister of Biden? She's Truth. a woman. She's, a, she's a karaoke star. Yeah, she's just a, like <laughs> a self-appointed. I mean, I'm sure she's got an education and everything. I mean, but, I think like. We don't need to get worked up about this. Biden's going to be here for like a second and it's going to be done. Uh, well, he might be gone, but I don't, will that office be gone? Like Homeland Security? And then it doesn't make for... sense because it's it, that like. His party will be gone. 
Homeland right? Security has been from one administration to the, the other since since uh yeah September 11th, right? So it's like a yeah, these things don't get no, they don't to... go away. Sure, right. I'm not worked up by but the way, that, Derek. Like, that... I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying this is like a kind of, to me, it's a pointless. They're like, it's just a gesture. This ministry, what the fuck's this ministry going to do until they start like actively issuing government edicts to like ban things, then I'll get concerned. But if it's just some government office publishing, like, Oh, I thought you guys were joking. I didn't know anything about it. No, no, it's, it's called, it's not called the ministry of truth. Of course, it's called the, the, disinformation something homeland security disinformation department and there is an official now it's a new department and if they're just going to publish a little report once a week we think this is disinformation fuck it that's no different than what we have now and i don't care about it but sure so i'm not that worked up about it doug it's just more the idea of disinformation misinformation who has the authority to decide those things what is real what isn't real you know and Yes, there are outright lies. And that's what Musk has said about like the bots on Twitter that are taking advantage of people in the crypto space. They're like, come click this link and then that people lose a lot of money. So that's a, to me, that's the more um, serious problem on Twitter with like f- so-called fake things. It's like scammers. Yeah, but in, a, in your open society, you have to, like, I don't know how you censor scammers like somehow he wants to introduce a protocol that would authenticate humans yes um, which is an interesting idea too but humans are the worst scammers <laughs> but, but <laughs> you, would have, you would then get arrested you would have a you, like if if you had to authenticate then and you publish that link that stole the money then it's just one two three and then they know who you were the problem so does now, that does that, but, does so that anticipate digital identity then yeah, yeah. exactly that's, that's the Right. Exactly yeah. is what it does. That's the big, it's so interesting. Cause like there's this critique of Musk, right? People are like, Oh, I don't want the, just what we've been describing here. The worries about the um, harassment online harassment is my favorite term for it. Cause that is real. People have real valid concerns about that and absolute free speech. You would increase harassment. All right. So, but there's that critique of it, but then there's this other side where people are like, we love the open free uh, information side, but Musk is a W World Economic Forum agent for um, transhuman technocracy and exploit. And that's a whole different critique of Musk that the other, the other side that critiques Musk would be like, oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. We're not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a really weird, like, have you guys, have you guys, um, have you guys seen this uh, YouTube channel of this woman who claims to have yeah. been the babysitter of Elon Musk when he was growing up? Kathy. And, and, um, yeah, Kathy. Oh, I forgot her last name. Yes. And she she claims that that Elon Musk had the power to open an abyss up uh-huh. to the uh, basically <laughs> into the underworld, and yeah. that that he he's not the Antichrist, but he he would be the one to introduce the mark for the Antichrist. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I that's, that's that. her take on it. Like I don't I don't know like who knows if she's just like a lunatic or whatever. But but it's interesting. It's like, um, well. And this is where it gets. Interesting. He's definitely a very, very strange person. You know, it's like the, the, and that comes up all the time. Like he he admits that himself. You know, he calls himself an alien. Like he's well, he's, he's he's sort of like a Philip K. Dickian, like yeah. off-world billionaire type. You know, it's like yeah. 
the guy in Ubik, who's the guy in Ubik that uh, the, that main character. The thing about yeah. Musk is undeniable, is he's the, one of the most powerful men on the official story of our current moment. The richest, he's owning the most important companies, and, and that alone would, would 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 is worth noting. Like this is like a fucking extremely powerful guy. He said, an, he said another interesting thing in this, in this uh, just recent interview. The interviewer said, uh, yeah, you are the richest man on, on earth. And he said, Putin, the, rich, the richest non-sovereign is what, uh, is what Elon Musk said. Oh, uh, yeah. And the guy's, exactly. what, do, what do you mean by that? And he's like, these royal families, who knows yeah. how much they have, you know? Yeah. They, and that's, that's a really important admission because yes. that doesn't get admitted usually yeah. in the... In, uh, in the mainstream yeah yeah it's what a strange time i feel like this musk thing is a whole like setting aside all the, the little details of the policies and the issues that, but like the fact that we're here in 2022 and elon musk has basically emerged as like clearly like an, a very key player in whatever's going to happen in the next few years I mean, he's he's taken over Twitter, and I'm not talking about the buying. I'm talking about his Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can tweet. He's like Trump was. He'll tweet one little meme, and it's like everybody, millions of instantly, millions of people. Are, he's so he's captured the collective conscious. Elon right, Musk has. Right, right, right. I, but so a, I've already done this game, and so I purposely am not following him because I just. I, I, like I, I, I'd let Trump live in my brain rent free for four years. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but you'll hear either, it. Doug. You'll hear. It, I am me neither. But you yeah. will hear about it anyways. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's the whole thing. You know, it's like a, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no escaping it. Exactly. There's no escaping, and so that's it's like that's talk about magic. I mean, that's the most powerful man in the world that can capture the collective conscious at instantly. I mean, that's. Yeah. to me that's really? like i'm curious really to see people. what's going right. to happen like to me this portends something insane happening when when someone steps into this role it's like this is he could is he going to be president is he going to get assassinated is he gonna i mean we're it's, talking he's, he's, he's like palmer eldritch or something like yeah yeah um, exactly and and so that's what I'm. That's the most interesting thing about it all to me. This free speech stuff. That's all. That's that's always been around. They're, you can't okay. stop someone from speaking. You can't stop the neo Nazis. They're always going to have their easings, and they're, you know, that's never going away. It's this fact that Musk can press a button and trigger everybody all across the spectrum. It's just insane. And, and that he's led by a, a philosophy which sees the AI as being our chief threat. And the need to unify the AI in order to uh, unify with the AI in order to control it, you know, that's yeah. it's such a huge thing, you know, like the, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's insane. Like it, no, it's I, inspiring I wanna, to me. I want to bring it back to uh, Hamlet. It, yeah, just, you can't this do one, it. just this one. <laughs> <laughs> just this one. I think uh, we quote, have to like, read uh, one Russian lady. Greenspan was her student. I can't think of her name. This one quote no, of in, uh, <laughs> no, it was. Just kidding. Ayn Rand? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not that. No, no. <laughs> I was just trying to see if, if oh, Musk let me, was let, a, me just, let me just read this so that we can get back onto this if we can. Okay. 
because I think this totally meshes with what we're saying. It's like, uh, so Hamlet says, uh, he's talking to Rosencrantz and Gilderstern. With Rosencrantz and Gilderstern, that's huge too. It was like Rosy Cross and then the, the Golden Stone, which are the Freemasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Hamlet is saying, oh God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space. And then he says, were it not that I have bad dreams. So bounded wow. in a nutshell, infinite space, that is the internet, right? That, that, that is the internet. And the king of infinite space, you know, the king of the inf- internet, which we're, we're saying it's, it's Musk, yeah? Um, were it not that I have bad dreams. And so this ties back to his to be or not to be speech, right? Where he's saying like, uh, maybe if I kill myself, it'll just be like the big sleep. And then he's like, yeah. but maybe I'll dream. Perchance, perchance I'll dream, you know? And then what are the dreams? What are the dreams in, in your dreams become hell? You know, it's like you could have nightmares in, in, the, in the death state, right? And then yeah. because you don't wake up, you're, you're in eternal hell, you know? And so the it's like a discovered uh, country. Right. That's, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite thing. It's like, but for the undiscovered country, he's like, that used, that wow. used to be a, a website by Whitney uh, Scriber or Scriber. Okay. Or whatever. Um, but uh, so I think that's it. Like, the, that's it. Like, what are the bad dreams? What are the bad dreams of the internet? Right. And, and maybe, maybe it is the bad dream of the AI. You know, it's like a, um, that, that introduces the hell, the hell realm, you know? I want to go here quickly because this is this isn't this is a really fascinating point uh, that you're this 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 what are the dreams and the hell world and all of this. There was a, a thread on Twitter, so this is when Joe Rogan uh, the the video was cut with Joe Rogan uh, saying the N word and they cut a right, video right. of him saying it in all these contexts that were, I think none of them were like. So if it's problem on its own to say the word, then that's well, he, certainly all problematic. But none yeah, of the he was he was he was, he was he was making the point that to say the N word is just as it's the same as saying the actual word, you know. So it's just like a <laughs> no, but but it make mean, any sense? You know? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, Brogan in those contexts, just to be clear, he wasn't like dropping it in, in a way that was problematic. He was quoting no, people, yeah. or he was he, it wasn't like a mean spirited slur that he was using to attack or something like this. Just to just to be clear, I mean that's a distinction I just felt like it's useful to make because I don't want to accuse him. I'm not trying to say that he was like out there cavalierly throwing that around. It's you know, but there was a thread that appeared on Twitter right around this time by I think a you know a, a dark skinned person or a you know melanated person, and it was about the taboo. So this is the real gates of you want to start talking about the real gates of hell, Sonor. This is where you start going is like, what are the things you cannot say that are so taboo that to even say, utter them, you're, you're like, you've crossed that line into the unsayable. Right. And it's, right. not, it's not just the word, the N-word. It's all kinds of things. Incest. Holocaust, uh, of course. Gen- yeah. Genocaust, genocide denialism. And this is where we start going into the real shadow of the collective the, and the stuff that we can't even, you know, it would even be hard to do a show on it because it's so taboo, this stuff. Like we wouldn't feel comfortable being relaxed and chummy with each other going into all of this, you know, these dark, really dark, 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 dark places. And I think that's part of the story here. 
because the internet, this is what people are wanting to avoid with things like Twitter regimes of control and censorship. They don't want to go to the dark, dark, dark. It's the awful truth that you can't reveal to the ears of youth to go back to Cohen. One of my favorite lines. Um, this is, this is the thing, like if the internet is the expression of the global mind, right? Then it cannot only be the expression of global consciousness. It's got to be the expression of the global unconscious as well. Like all yes. of this stuff is coming up through it, right? Like, yes. it, um, so, so if you're looking at like somebody like Terence McKenna, who thought that the, the internet, the emergency of the internet is, is the way towards the singularity, right? But that can only happen once all of this unconscious stuff wells up at the same time. This is this is Jung's major point, you know. Yes. Um, so so back to this Hamlet line. That's exactly what it's talking about. It, it, were it not that I have bad dreams, like uh, yeah. how how can you be the king of infinite space um, if you're not incorporating these bad dreams as well, you know? Um, and and that's that's what's going to happen with the internet as it becomes more self-aware as it becomes more and more like a uh, a self-aware brain you know um these things are going to come up the bad dreams are going to arise you know well and and this is where it gets gnostic to go back to the gnosticism because isn't that the ultimate bad dream right, right? yeah you, yeah you well, realize... it's, it's, it's the matrix right like it's yeah, yeah. But you realize exactly the new matrix is so cool, by the way. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, like I, this, I saw it. It's great. I thought it was great. I yeah. thought, yeah, the scene where he's, they, he's going to take the pill the second he's like, no, no, this guy, he freaks out. He freaks out and with the more, the new Morpheus in that bathroom, the second time where they're trying to get him to take the pill. And then they, they approach him again and they recreate the scene from the first movie. But this is the fundamental terrifying. This is the terror, the terror of the tab of this darkness that is that is the shadow right and we have to confront it and face it and yeah i, I think you know the, i'm going to read this, this I, just quickly oops. let me just read this nor and i'll and i'll take it back to you but this is the sure. um, thread it's this guy acted i'll send it to you guys it's an awesome thread he says every little quote unquote inward is a little insurrection against the capitalist state because the capitalist state runs on an exponentially increasing propaganda diet of anti-racist ideology. Saying this word dispels the talismanic power of the anti-racist ideology. And it's a long thread. The next tweet quickly. Ruling class propaganda is now openly admitting that the quote, that N-word quote unquote taboo is a crucial part of the state ideology. Step back and comprehend the depth of that absurdity. And this guy has this, I mean, he's really, it's a like advanced who, who, who is this guy? Who's this it's, guy? It's a Twitter uh, account, um, Glyphtifili, Glyphtifili. And it's, he's oh, like I a Marxist, know. but he's like a ling linguist theorist and he's mm. melanated. So he, he can speak on this without being dismissed for his skin tone. And it's like this powerful analysis of the N-word and class and capitalism and, and like, but this, he's hitting on something that like, it's not just the dark side of like the inner taboos. It's like the dark side of the ruling class is yeah, that yeah. they're going to create taboos that you can't well, the, cross. That's why the they're king, created. The king of infinite space, right? Like that's, that's the key yeah. word too. It's, it's, it's a king. It's a centralized control of it. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like in the, it's like we were talking Roman empire. You can't say, um, you know, Vespasian, you're just a man. You're executed mm -hmm. for that. You can't say, you know, whatever it is with these witch, the witch hunts, there's things that are just off limits as a, as a, and you, you have to have those that are so bad 
that are so horrible, you almost have to have that to govern because that's how you reduce fear in the population, right? You make them governable. It, it, this is reminding me of, uh, oh, sorry, my, my audio is going off. Um, this is reminding me of uh, Tracy Twyman's stuff. Oh, wow. Do you, do you guys remember that or recall that? She's got so much um, stuff, but I don't remember which specifically because no, it's not ringing a bell. To, 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 towards the end when she thought um, basically it's um, uh, gang stalking kind of stuff, gang stalked on the, on the internet, um, gaslighting, but, but way more serious and way deeper like to the, to the level of haunting, basically haunting through the internet, you know, and that mm. she has been haunted by basically demonic forces coming through the in internet to her, you know, and, mm. and that, and that nothing that she sees on the internet um, can be taken as real because it, 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 it has been crafted specifically for her so that, um, she sees only one particular view of the internet and, and, yeah. uh, and no one else is, is, is seeing this in, in, to turn her insane, you know, to, to basically, uh, uh possess her essentially. Um, no, it's, it's worth, it's really creepy going into that. And then, and then she died, you know, and I'm not really, I can't recall the, uh, the details of her death, you know, but it, it was, it would, that was all related to it. You know, it's like, um, like I know, Alan, we discussed this on some other, uh, some other always record or something. Alan doesn't even like to bring this subject up, you know, because it's it's almost like you're uh, you're allowing it to happen, you know. Like, a, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 something there, you know. If if we if we are talking about the collective unconscious rising up through through this, uh, this nutshell of infinite space, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that is, is going to surface. It reminds yeah. me of the sink, the sink heads that were like, and this is the Rodney Asher film, I guess I, it's for exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and it relates to the matrix. So, did you guys see that film, by the way, the latest Rodney Asher? Did any of you no, see I, it? No, 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 I didn't. Doug? I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. But I mean, the idea that when you start, there's this, one of the most powerful moments, this is the one I've thought about recently. Um, this guy, he's like, listen, this is all fake. And so he hijacks a plane and does a joyride and then flies into a mountain. Like <laughs> once he realized it was all fake, he's like, I can do anything I fucking want. I'm just going to go out with a bang and it's a party. Like that's the kind of danger you mm -hmm. might say of like breaking mm -hmm. through the veil He's like, so, and, you know, another character in that movie, he just like shot up his family. He's like, I'm in the matrix. Boom. I'm going to just execute people. You know, these are just, these are NPCs in the matrix. And so. Well, this is, this is the thing again, like to be or not to be right. If it's, if it's just the question of um, offing yourself. Right. And then it's the big sleep. You, you, uh, you're free from the matrix, right? Like death is the way to free yourself from the matrix. That would be fine, you know. Everybody would do that. You know, well, I don't know if everybody would do that, but the, you you end your suffering. But if there are dreams there, if there's something else beyond it, you know, and and then in in that something else, you will suffer even more potentially, yeah. you know. Yeah. Then that is the that is the stopping thing, you know. It's like I, I have a I have a friend here who works with uh, Buddhist monks, and um, these monks 
uh, work with uh, suicide victims, like like people who who attempt suicide, and some of them have like uh, some of these um, attempted suicide victims, like they uh, they have near death experiences, and they go into a kind of evil place. You know, it's like a, that. There is a reason why suicide is the major sin in almost all religions. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, this is the big question, and this is something that uh, Albert Camus echoes. Like that, this is the the crucial question of philosophy: is why don't you kill yourself? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> be or not That's, to be. You know, I like I feel like we had this conversation about Ophelia and the gravedigger scene. It might have been during our infinite jest talk. Say again, Doug. Like what, what we were talking about? Well, because. The, the grave diggers are saying that, you know, they don't know why she's getting Christian burial when she oh. killed herself. And it's about agency and the agency of the water. You remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. It, 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 yeah. So, so it's like, uh, oh, what is that? Let's look that up. That's that um, scene is great. I mean, they, yeah. I like the grave digger scene. Yeah, that's yes. right. We did talk about that during the, uh, um, infinite just talk eh? i think so but but i think that we were prompted because kinkle and brant the two janitors are so similar to the to the grave diggers that's right at the i'm just trying to find it that's right at the beginning of uh, act five yeah um um i just want to so say yeah. yeah this is this is like the great taboo is like is like death and and can you be against life right like that's the kind of taboo of taboos like to, to preach a kind of life isn't worth living life is meaningless kill yourself well, you know i mean this yeah you know. i mean that kind of makes me want to at least consider i mean so dave foster wallace was wrestling with all these different things right so he's he's wrestling with addiction both drugs yeah depression and then also like a meaning but addiction to anything that gives you pleasure that's easy right and we've talked about this where like infinite jest is kind of maybe diagnosing something and then uh this is water was I don't, it seems like the second half of his career was all just one big thing that he was wrestling with this, this idea of meaning and boarding, like boredom. Like, so he specifically mm -hmm. set his book at the, this IRS center because these people have the most boring job, but you, you think back to this is water and he's talking about, um, you know, like how can you find, you know, the, the light of meaning standing in a, soul crushing checkout line at a store mm -hmm. but you can yeah but he couldn't like and then i think this book defeated him too because it seems like so i i ended up reading it this past week and it feels like it's missing about it's just like one third of he called it his big thing like i've been working on the the big thing but there's just it seems like it's kicked 
character sketches and you've got like the beginning of something fabulous, but it just doesn't go anywhere. And I wanted to believe that he was doing that on purpose. But it's almost like this enigma that his life, like he had to have known that they're going to publish this. He put his manuscript on his desk, like publish this, but did he kill himself because he knew he couldn't do it or I just like it's it, it's interesting the discussion in Infinite Jest about the difference between uh, melancholy and depression, and this uh, I, this takes it back to this conversation on Hamlet too. It's like uh, so he in Infinite Jest he talks about like there is this sort of melancholy and sort of the classical sense of melancholy where it's like uh, yeah like we're talking about this kind of like. Uh, it's sort of a depression, like a sadness, a deep sadness, but it's it's almost inspired, right? But Melancholy then, and the infinite sadness. Yeah, what that but then, is right. <laughs> but then, but then uh, he also talks about uh, depression, and he he talks about depression as if each cell in your body is drowning, you know, and and it's a physical sensation of each cell in your body drowning, you know. This, it, it, so it's a physical pain. Depression is like a, it's, it's, it's not mental at all. It, it's, it, well, the mental side of it is only just a, the, the veneer of it, right? Um, right, because that's it, how you could turn it off. It if gets you, to the point. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, it gets to the point where it's, it's in your cells, you know? So if, if that is the reason for his suicide, like, like people kill themselves um, just because they're suffering, you know? they're physically suffering and they can't deal with it. Um, if that's what happened to him, then it's like, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say how, how much these ideas are affecting him. If it, if it was just a, like a physical reaction that he had. Um, so I found, I, I, sorry, I found the correct thread. What I was reading earlier was something else. Um, can I just, I just want to read this just to clarify and, and cause I think it, brings a whole different component of, of what I was saying. So it's called on saying the N word of thread. I sent you guys this into your email. He's a black man and no way endorses the term. And he says here, um, at 2022 and 2022, the single most important issue distinguishing a true dissident from a fake one is whether or not they are willing to say the N word. And then the second tweet saying the N word more than any other single act signals psychological freedom from the regime. There are a few reasons for this. First, it is legible. Second, it is a pure issue of faith. And third, it is the most sacred taboo of the current moral order. And then, so he's got this idea that when you say it and you break the taboo, you're basically saying, no, I don't consent to this kind of regime of ideological regime of kind of, and I, I think. So why doesn't he say it? Then? But <laughs> why is he why is he saying the n-word like what why doesn't he say it i think he's just because he does he's not going to violate it he doesn't want he's not going to he's not a true dissident he's just kind of <laughs> you know you know so there's, he, there's like he, 17 more tweets here but i mean it's, he's admitting um, that he's not a true it's making dissident. me think it's lavoy zizek and the recognitions because like you have to have you have to have the rule to break the rule like there's uh, there was something I read by Slavoja about that, where there's, we have these rules. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hold remember. on. There's, he gets it. This is where it gets interesting. Okay. He moves on from the inward. Here he goes. A statement's capacity to break your will 
scales in direct proportion to its absurdity. The sillier an idea, the more you degrade yourself by affirming it. You all know the emperor's new clothes. Okay, this is, did you know the Chinese have their own version? So this is where it gets interesting. The emperor's new clothes idea. Um, and then he, and he goes to the next, the next thing. That's because it's a universal human truth. And now we're back to what we were talking about earlier, these kind of meta-truths. Contradictions hold power. This is why every religion has its holy mysteries. Questions that theologians are allowed to ponder, but which the laity must accept. The moral duality of the inward is one such holy mystery. And then he says, linguistic taboo is irrational, certainly. It feels primitive. That's why nobody takes swearing seriously anymore. They're just sounds, man. But it's child play as far as holy mysteries goes. A word that's good or evil, depending on who says it, that's a different level. So it's the main reason why I thought of this was because of this. It's like it's tapped us into something that's like uh, part of our human condition of this realm of what it doesn't is allowed or isn't allowed by religious authorities in terms of like the mysteries and what the laity have to accept is true as a sort of mechanism of control. He's, you can, I've sent it to you guys. You can read this, but it's, yeah. 